As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. High in the air, Brito back at the wall, adios, Pelota! That's the type of manager that I'd like to be, which is the same every day. They know what they're going to get. They're going to get energy. They're going to get accountability. They're going to get structure, and they're going to get support. And I'm going to bring those things to the dugout in the clubhouse regularly. It takes hard work, uh, and it takes humility, taking one step forward at a time, making one good baseball move after another. And I really feel like that's how we're going to get where we hope and intend to go. You're listening to Bags and Brisby on Athletic Podcast Network. Welcome to episode number 225 of the Bags and Brisby podcast. I am Grant Brisby. I'm here with Andy Baggerly and Andy, Jason Schmidt threw exactly 225 innings in 2004. Will we ever see that kind of pitcher again as far as innings pitched? Ooh, um, yes. We just need Levon Hernandez to decide to have a second act of his career. Um, I thought your Easter egg was going to be like who a Giants record for like 225 strikeouts in a season or something, since strikeouts seems to be the the topic uh, du jour right now. Uh, yeah, but I actually thought of that. Uh, uh, Tim Keefe in 1889 had 225 strikeouts. Uh, that you know, I don't have a lot of Tim Keefe tidbits. No, no. How about the Giants as a team right now? Where, where are they at in terms of strikeouts? Yeah, you know, we're not here to talk about Jason Schmidt. We are here to talk about the Giants who are uh, about to begin a two-game series against the Los Angeles Dodgers. Um, it's going to be a short, quick two-game <laughs> series with the off day on Monday. Yeah, not great. Not great. I I do want to dig into to the strikeouts a little bit, but just overall, that. Yeah, they, they good thing they're going to miss Julio Urias in this series. They won't face him in this brief two game series that you're you're talking about here. Um, and and weird to have an off day on that Monday. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, no, you know it's funny. I I didn't write about the game. You wrote about uh, Julio Urias uh, prior to the game. Uh, I I only mentioned the final score tucked in the very end of of what I wrote because uh, I got Darren Ruff on the phone and I talked to him about just what a. a <laughs> What a journey it's been the last seven months. And for the guy who's like the most inoffensive human being on the planet to basically going to be becoming the most hated person in New York at a time when he's got a lot going on mm-hmm. in his life. Um, you know, he shared a lot about that with me personally um, as he's uh, now re-signed with the Giants and he's in uh, extended spring. He's, he's batting in the middle of a lineup with Von Brown. 
Brown and Marco Luciano and Colton Welker and those guys. And, and just, just happy to be kind of doing things quietly now as he works back up to trying to be himself again. But that's what I wrote about. And, uh, and in the comments, it was very much uh, two different reactions. One was, thank you for not writing about the 9-1 <laughs> loss uh, Monday night, the one that we're pretending didn't exist. And the other half was, oh, you're soft. You know, you, you need to write, write about how much they suck after they lose a game like that. And it's like, everyone's got a different fan experience. Everybody needs something a little bit different. So, you know, um, but I, I honestly didn't need to write anything about that first game Monday. I don't know if we need to say a whole lot about it. It was just, you know, that the Dodgers had their number last year and, and they certainly um, have set the tone for this year as well, but there's still a lot more games against them. The problem with baseball and specifically analyzing baseball, uh, as opposed to football, which has 17 regular season games a year, or even basketball, which has half as many games, but sh- you feel like the good team should beat the, the bad teams more often. It's more uh, common stance for just what you expect to happen as far as results. I just hate Reading too much into one game. I get that it's the Dodgers. I get that Max Muncie has, you know, 600 homers against the Giants alone. I get it. I get it. I get it. Um, I just don't want to read too much into one game. I just, I just don't. I remember when the Padres in 2010 just had the Giants number for that first part of the season, just had their number. And you, you that was going on for months, a couple months where you, they just couldn't beat the Padres. And there was still no narrative for that. That's spread over several games. And in the end, the Giants got the Padres number right back. Uh, So I hate the idea that we have to take a nine to, gosh, what was it? One? Did the Giants get one? Um, They got one. Wilmer Flores. Thank you very much, Wilmer. Nine to one loss and and like extrapolate from it. Here's what this means. Uh, It's tempting, but I don't like knowing it. Yeah, I mean, obviously, there's there's a little more context that you can look at with with the Dodgers specifically. I mean, if you, and it's one reason that the Giants should, I think, be happy with the fact that they've got the schedule that's more spread out now. Because you know, when you look at last year, um, you know, they were four and fifteen against the Dodgers. They were six and thirteen against the Padres. They're going to play those two teams, a grand total of what fourteen fewer times this year. Is that right? Um, mm, so yeah. you know that that's I think objectively a good thing, and yet. You would like to, you know, to try to compete against the team that really is the barometer within the division. They won the division, what, eight, of the, eight or nine of the last ten, whatever it's been. So um, they are still the, the measuring stick. And, and the Giants have just very clearly not measured up uh, after measuring up so perfectly with them in 2021. 20, and I get it. If you're a Giants fan, you go to a game against the Dodgers and all of a sudden you feel like you're outnumbered in your own ballpark and you've got hardly any moments to cheer and you just feel like you're getting sand kicked in your face. It's not fun, you know, and you're frustrated, especially when, you know, you entered this year thinking, hey, they didn't do enough. They didn't get enough. They didn't get the stars, you know. That this team doesn't have Mookie Betts. They don't have Freddie Freeman. You know, they have a team that uh, has a bunch of likable human beings and some very good players. But, you know, it, Matt Duffy got the second loudest ovation on, on opening day. <laughs> and and that had a lot to do with Matt Duffy, but it also had a lot to do with with the fact that there's no one else besides Brandon Crawford that these fans are, are ready to embrace. So uh, there's there's a lot built in, uh, I think, uh, for, for, for Giants fans who are ready to pounce uh, after a, a night like Monday night. So I get it. it I get the frustration. It's totally uh, I, it's totally warranted in, in a lot of ways. And um you know, it's it, it really hurts them not to have Mitch Hanniger or Austin Slater for this run of lefties they're going to face. And the bottom of the lineup, 
is Joey Bart, Elliot Ramos. And you think, wow, you know, five years ago, told you that you'd be super excited <laughs> to see the bottom of that lineup. Now it's just like, ooh, you know, not, not, that's, um, that's where they are right now. So, um, you know, it's, it's a tough time, I think, to be, to be a Giants fan and to be optimistic about this team. And yet, um, you know, I, I still think this is a roster that's got a very high floor. And you don't overreact to, to one game, certainly, but, you know, you, you've got a lot of strikeouts here that are piling up. And that's the, something I think that uh, stands out as, as something to be concerned about early. And the other thing that maybe is less of a concern, but is something that stands out, is just how many home runs they're giving up. You know, Logan mm, Webb does not yes. give up home runs. Uh, at the clip, he's been giving up homers. And um, I think they rank 12th out of 15 NL teams in terms of home runs allowed. And home run suppression is a huge part of their game. And that does have a lot of wobble. That doesn't stabilize quickly. So, you know, that might just be a fluky thing. But it's something that I think those those two things are, are the things that stick out to me uh, as the reasons the Giants are where they are record-wise. Yeah, I've been taking a lot of notes on the idea of the Giants uh, giving up home runs because that is one thing that has been pretty darn consistent uh, throughout the Farhan Zaidi era. They seem to be okay at preventing uh, home runs uh, on the road and very, very, very good at preventing them at home, even even when you account for ballparks, right? Even when you, when you do the ballpark adjustments, they're still really, really exceptional at preventing home runs in Oracle Park. Uh, if that goes away, ooh, there's not a lot you can do about that. So like you said, a lot of wobble, lots that you, that you can uh, not read into just yet. Um, that is a concern. And your point about the bottom of the Giants lineup is valid. And I will go one step further where the Dodgers, when the Dodgers come into town, and it's Mookie Betts leading off against Logan Webb. And Logan Webb historically has fared pretty poorly against Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman. So you've got Betts and Freeman, and then you're staring at Will Smith and Max Muncy behind them. I, in looking at the Giants lineup, what they offered uh, on Monday night, and if you are a Dodgers fan, who are you scared of? And the Giants have depth. The Giants have, they might have 10 11, 12 guys who can hit 10 to 15 home runs. Like they have depth. But if you are the Dodgers and you're planning for the Giants, who are you circling as, uh-oh, like I just don't have an answer for this guy. And the answer is, I mean, it's a rhetorical question, but Giants don't have that guy. Yeah, and we saw it for years with, with Barry Bonds. I mean, probably, you know, the, the ultimate example of, uh, you know, when a pitcher would exhale, they'd get through a part of that lineup and they would almost visibly, you could see them exhale. And it doesn't mean that they you know, um, don't really uh, try as hard against the the five, six, seven hitters in the lineup, but you've already burned through a lot of mental energy and, 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 it, and you're taxed and maybe you've worked some long plate appearances and maybe you're shortening your strikes. You got runners on base. And, and then that's when the lower half of the order can do some damage. Uh, when, when you have that part of the order that you can't let beat you, um, so, yeah, I, I think it's one of those things that folds in on itself when you have a, a lineup that's really good and really dangerous. And I, I do think the Giants have some dangerous hitters. Michael Conforto is pretty dangerous. Mm -hmm. um, Mike Yastrzemski is off to a really good start uh, overall uh, after the spring he had. Uh, he's got to be very encouraged by that. Um, they've got a lot of guys who can take you out of the ballpark. So, you know, by definition, those guys are dangerous. But, you know, I, the other thing that's going to be interesting is how this offense plays uh, at home, uh, because I, I do think we, we may be dealing with a livelier baseball this year. It's very early, but some early signs are that the ball is, is going to be lively. But, um, you know, and they have hit home runs at home before. 
But this is this is a, a lineup that if they're not making consistent contact in an era that I think is supposed to reward more contact, and they're able to hit the homers out on the road, but not at home. If you're a David VR, you're still looking for your first home run in San Francisco of your career. Uh, and, uh, you know, the, the, you look at the way the Royals shifted against them in ways that may be kind of unique to San Francisco, uh, given the ballpark and, and the wall and the 308 down the right field line and the way the wind patterns blow everything towards center. It's going to be really interesting to monitor how teams defense the Giants, how the Giants offense just works at home, because, Right now, I, I you sort of look at, at, at the hitters they have, and you know if they're striking out a lot, playing in this home ballpark may may not be an advantage for them. And and that's uh, you always want to feel like when you're at home, uh, you've got the advantage. And I don't know if they they can say they feel that way right now. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with twenty four seven U.S. based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. At the risk of oversharing, I have one dog in my lap. I have another dog that I'm scratching uh, to keep her quiet. And one of them is farting. And I don't know which one it is, but I got to tell you, it is setting the mood for this conversation as far as like, uh, yeah, this is, uh, it's setting the mood. It's setting the mood for talking about the Giants uh, floundering against the Dodgers. And I, I wish everyone could experience it in their own special way. I, I totally agree, Grant. You are oversharing. <laughs> Anyways, it, no, I, I do think it, when it comes to the strikeouts, there are some players that I'm not worried about the strikeouts. When it comes to uh, J.D. Davis, like that's part of his game. When it's Mike Yastrzemski, that's part of his game. He's going to strike out. He's going to he is going to take some swings. He's going to make some guesses. He's going to wait for his pitch, and that's going to put him in some deep counts. There are players who I'm just not going to overreact to that. But then you get to uh, Brandon Crawford, and then you get to Joey Bart, and uh, whoever is going to be at the bottom of the lineup, you start to see players who aren't able to make consistent contact, who aren't able to uh, put balls in play against a, a defense that uh you know we can't shift uh and i i don't know i do worry about some hitters more than others but overall i think the giants are going to have some strikeouts baked in if they want to have that homer happy approach i'm not sure how to how to square the two yeah i mean if you just run down the list of who struck out the most on this team michael conforto leads them leads them air quotes with 14 hmm. strikeouts he also has an 872 ops and a 372 hmm. on base percentage and he's hit Three homers. Um, so, you know, you got David VR, 11 strikeouts uh, in 30 at-bats. He's got a 378 on base. Uh, he's walked five times at 845 OPS. Jock Peterson, 11 strikeouts in 30 at-bats. Uh, 333 on base. He's got two homers, um, 867 OPS. 
I mean, you'll take an 800 plus OPS from everybody on the roster, no matter how many strikeouts they have. Uh, then you get to Blake Sable. He's got 11 strikeouts. He's yeah. hitting a buck 85, 563 OPS. Uh, he's got the one homer. Uh, I think, uh, you know, five hits. He's got a bunt hit mixed in there. Um, he's got to pick it up, obviously. And we know that that there's, because of the roster strings attached to him, he's going to have to do it relatively quickly. Uh, but, you know, if you look at the, the main guys striking out a lot, they're doing a lot of other good stuff. And that's maybe a reason not to be too concerned. I mean, Tyro Estrada, he's off to a really good start. 818 OPS. He's hitting 324. Um, you know, he's got a homer. He's got a couple doubles. He struck out 10 times in, in 37 at bats. So yeah, the strikeouts have, have been there. But um, I think if you look at the, the the only two people who are really underperforming offensively uh, to this point are, are Sable, uh, Crawford to some extent, um, not a great extent. And uh, and and that's about it. Lamont Wade Jr. He's, <laughs> he's got a 471 on base right now. I mean, it's uh, that's your leadoff guy. So there's a lot of good things that have happened too. Jake Junis looks fantastic in his swingman role. Anthony DiSclefani looks better than he was in 2021. I mean, there's still a lot of good things going on with this team. Um, but uh, um, but yeah, the strikeouts and, 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 and when they needed a couple balls in play at different junctures, they're, they're not getting it. And that's uh, that, that may loom as an issue. One thing that we are allowed as a modern uh, baseball viewer is that we can look into the exit velocity and and all that stat cast data. And maybe that puts some of you to sleep, but it, it is the thing that stabilizes faster than, than almost any other stat. So you can look and peek under the hood. And I will say that coming into this season, David VR, there's a lot of question about, uh, you know, uh, exit velocity and launch angle and all, all this stuff. He looks really good, and the numbers are bearing that out. He's hitting the ball hard. He's hitting the ball hard often. There's a lot of swing and miss to his game, but I'm not sure if that's going to change. But he is really hitting the ball hard, and he's hitting it in the air. He's doing it consistently. So if you're going to complain about the strikeouts, as is your right, go for it. But also, there is some good stuff happening uh, around the margins. Yeah, and maybe they just need one big game at home, one big breakout game where they beat the Dodgers or even, you know, whoever it is at home, uh, you know, put up 10 runs on them. And uh, and maybe that'll be some good mojo for the fans and and help them, you know, just have that good feeling at home. Because these guys are no different than, than any other player, or any other person. When you play at home, sometimes you put more pressure on yourself because you want to try harder to impress your home fans and make that good first impression, especially after, you know, the players hear all the stuff that that uh, we talk about or that other people talk about with the skepticism around this team. And, you know, they, they want to go out and they want to make a good first impression. And, and you know, maybe they've put a little too much pressure on themselves to do that. Uh, but um, uh, but yeah, you know, we, we know that uh, that this team is its strengths is going to be their ability to hit the ball out of the ballpark and their pitching depth. And, um, you know, we we have seen both of that on display to some extent uh, this year. So a little bit of proof of concept is good. It just obviously hasn't led to as many wins as as they'd hope they'd have by this stage. This is actually really, really, really surprising. So of all the batted ball data that we're talking about, uh, this is a, a, a quiz baggerly moment. Uh, who has the least encouraging stats as far as balls in play, exit velocity, launch angle, all that nerd stuff? Who is the least encouraging right now? Ooh, who's the least encouraging? Hmm, gosh. Um, and there's a twist, so keep that in mind. 
Oh boy. Uh, I, I don't know. Uh, Matt Beatty. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Has he even appeared in anything other than as a pitcher? Brett Wisely. He doesn't have a single hit all season. Uh, he also doesn't have a single at bat. He's played two <laughs> innings in center field. Um, but uh, no, I don't know. Who, who, who stands out to you? It's Tyro Estrada. He's just not really? hitting the ball hard at all, and it's mostly on the ground. Again, we're talking about 27 balls in play, so small, small, small samples. But the Giants really are counting on a couple of players more than others, and they really like Tyro Estrada, and they're really counting on him to be not just the second baseman, but the backup shortstop, to be an everyday player, to be in there against lefties and righties alike. There is very, There are very few permutations of the 2023 season where the Giants are successful, but Estrada is not. And so something to, something to keep in mind. Again, early sample. Yeah. And, you know, um, I, I think that this is going to be this team is going to present some challenges uh, because uh, we know how much they like to match up, but they haven't been able to do it against left handed pitching as much as they uh, as much as they would 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 want to. I think this lineup would be a lot deeper if you throw Mitch Hanniger and Austin Slater in there against a lefty. But mm-hmm. then you also look at uh, J.D. Davis and the start he's off to. He's hitting 370, uh, 1.022 OPS, only 28 plate appearances, but he's got a couple homers. He got an opposite way homer that was pretty impressive uh, the other day in Chicago. Um, and he's hitting the ball as hard as anybody in the majors. I think this guy's going to have, they're going to have to find a lot more spots to play him against right-handed pitching. He's, I think he's going to force his way uh, into, into the lineup more. And it's not like Lamont Wade isn't doing what they were hoping he would do either. Uh, from the leadoff spot, he's getting on base. So, you know, where that time may come from, it could come at David VR's expense at third base. It could uh, come somewhere else. But I think Davis is going to find his way into this lineup more often. I've been trying to figure out a way to write about that. Just how do you get him more at bats? And, and I don't want to overreact to uh, a handful of at bats at the start of the season. But when you've got a guy hitting that well, at least a start, and he's generally someone who doesn't have platoon splits, he's going to hit righties almost as well as he hits lefties you got to find more at-bats for him. But you also look at the roster, and where do they come from? You like VR's glove at third, and he's also hitting quite well. Uh, Wilmer Flores isn't getting that many more at-bats, and he's hitting quite well. Uh, it's it's not there. It's almost like you have to move him to the outfield, but don't, you don't want to do that. It's a tricky conundrum. It would be a lot easier if one of those players, just one of those players, had... Uh, a little bit more defensive versatility. And who knows, maybe it is going to be David VR at second base that you're going to see that more often. Maybe that's the answer. You're going to weaken the defense at two positions, but you get both bats in the lineup. I'm not sure what the right answer is, but it, I, I think I'd like to see more J.D. Davis. Yeah, yeah. And um, and you know what? I, I do think that another thing that they're going to have to tweak as they go along, and I'm, I'm kind of bouncing around a little bit here, and this is the one major criticism. If there's one move all season long that you could point to and be like, okay, you screwed up, <laughs> was the, the game that they frittered away against the Royals when Sean Mania pitched brilliantly. Uh, he got them through six innings. They had uh, the whole notion that Ross Stripling was going to follow him. And that's a situation where I think they needed to change the script. Um, mm. You know, if if you've got Alex Wood and you have him for a prescribed 18 batters, you're going to get 18 batters. Good luck. Get as many of them. Knock as many of the pins over as you can. Uh, but then, you know, whether it's a third inning, fifth inning, whatever, we're going to come in and have another starter behind you. Great. Awesome. It, it works. It, it's it's uh, it's shown that they've got a lot of talent they can um, deploy that way. They can keep their bullpen fresh. But... 
You're facing the Kansas City Royals. You are going to face the Kansas City Royals three games all year long. You have some funk in your bullpen with like Tyler Rogers and guys like that. Why don't you just push out your leverage relievers after you get six innings from Sean Mania? Uh, and and why do you put Ross Stripling? Have Ross Stripling if he needs to work. Have him do his work in a side session. You know, it's perfectly fine. Uh, but I think that I just think they did themselves a massive disservice by not adjusting to, to that game and and sticking with sort of the piggyback or tandem starter approach when at that point Manaya pitched so well they didn't need to do it and uh, maybe that was a lesson learned and maybe it's it was expensive because it cost him a game but maybe that'll serve them better going forward I, I just think that that was that was one that was really a, a, a very very avoidable loss um and uh, and one that you know hopefully they, they won't regret later on yeah no notes I think that's exactly right I, I'm not Sold on the idea of Ross Stripling as someone who is going to uh, help a ton in the late innings if he's coming in in a piggyback situation, late, mid innings, whatever you have it. But he's someone who doesn't necessarily keep the ball in the park. Uh, When he was with the Dodgers, the Dodgers are another team that tends to understand how to keep the ball in the park. And they couldn't make Stripling a, a well above average pitcher in that respect. He just might be the kind of guy who gives up a few home runs. He's a he he thrives on command, and maybe he's just more prone to give up a, a home run or two. And that's fine. That's he's still a guy who can help. He's still a guy who's helped a lot of the teams he's been on. Um, but is that someone you want to come in after Sean Mania has pitched well? I don't know. You know, it's early to say, but it's definitely something that you, that is one loss that you can kind of pick at. Yeah. And, you know, it's, uh, it's still a very talented pitching staff and, and, and it's a very deep pitching staff. And, um, you know, I think you've got to be encouraged again by how Mania has looked, how Di Sclafani has looked, uh, um, you know, even Logan Webb. I mean, I, I know that the results haven't been there, but in terms of stuff, the velo's been good. The movement on his two seamer is is better. He's raised his arm angle up a little bit. He's getting that slider shape back uh, from 2021 that he's been he was searching for all last year. Um, I, I think there's there's a lot of good things going on with this pitching staff, but um, uh, but yeah, it's it's. Uh, it is going to be tricky to have these guys settle into roles where they're comfortable. I mean, I, I was watching when Manaya came in in relief, uh, his first appearance as a giant on the first road trip. And he walked the first two batters he faced. He also hit 97 miles per hour, which was the fastest pitch he's ever thrown. Um, but you've got these guys coming in. They're not used to being in that relief situation. You add in the pitch clock where they got to get mm. on the mound. And I mean, I'm watching Manaya on the mound in, in, in Chicago the other day. And he's doing things like digging around, finding his landing spot, you know, doing all the things that a starter is doing. But he barely had enough time to get a couple warm-ups in. And, and mm. boom, he's, he's on the mound. Why, what, what, when you can avoid that, why wouldn't you avoid it and have professional relief pitchers make professional relief appearances? Um, you know, it's, it's, it works great when, when it's something you can use as a value add, but, you know, it, there's something to having guys pitch in roles that they're comfortable in. And, uh, um, you know, I think that that's something that, the, that this team will probably gravitate to more as the season goes on. Throughout the offseason, I wasn't worried about strikeouts. Throughout the offseason, I wasn't worried about run prevention. Uh, the one scab that I kept picking at throughout the offseason was 
I'm just not so sure about the catching position and how you have uh, Joey Bartsch with a 34-year-old minor league free agent behind him, a Rule 5 draft pick behind that. It seemed a little rickety, and here we are. And Roberto Perez, that injury just did not look good, and he's out for the year. Uh, Joey Bard is back, and he, you know, what are you going to do? He struggled. He hasn't had a, a ton of at-bats since he's been hurt. But it just seems like a mess, a little bit of a mess with the catching position. And is Gary Sanchez going to be the answer? I honestly don't know. What do you think about that? I don't think they know either. I think they, they're, they're trying to figure out if, if Blake Sable is someone that they can have catch, you know, every third day. And if not, and especially if he's not hitting, then that's going to be something that kind of solves itself as much as they like him. And yeah, you're right. They clearly, I think, uh, wanted Joey Bart to get off to a good start and then he had the back injury and so they had to back off him a little bit. And, you know, it's got to be tough. You got a guy who's looking over his shoulder now and how long it's going to take Gary Sanchez to be ready, I think is an open question, but we know he's got a May 1 uh, date where they basically have an action date there. I assume that he's going to be in the big leagues in the not too distant future. But yeah, you know, they, they they did try for for Sean Murphy. They did make uh, some substantial overtures to the A's. Um, from what I understand, the A's basically told them, "Look, Kyle Harrison has to be in this deal, or there's no deal." And um, you know, the Giants could have offered them Marco Luciano and major league pieces, and it wasn't going to get a deal done at that point. The A's were very very staunch that they wanted Harrison, from what I understand, and and the Giants just couldn't couldn't go there. And to the point where even the A's might have gotten a package that uh, you know the Giants might have felt they could have have, have beaten uh, from what the A's got from the Braves. So you know, they they, they did try, I think, for for Murphy. Um, you know, they, they did look at other catching options uh, and they ended up with with what they ended up with. And, um, you know, uh, I, I, I think one one solution could be if Patrick Bailey's in the big leagues by the All-Star break, which is not out of the question, given, you know, some of the, the talk around him in the spring. Uh, so but however this works, Blake Sable has a finite amount of runway. Joey Bart has a finite amount of runway. And it's going to be up to these guys in the next maybe two or three weeks to 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 show that they can, you know, keep getting more runway. And if, if it runs out on them, then, then it runs out on them. These are good points because it, it could be not that the Giants surveyed the vast landscape of catchers in the offseason and ignored it. They might have just really liked one guy or maybe two guys, but they couldn't get him. They couldn't swing a deal for Murphy. They, they didn't like the free agent options that were available to them. Um, that is understandable. But when you have catching, you got to have if you're not going to have a catcher who is hitting that catcher had better be locking down the defensive side and vice versa. If you've got a catcher who's, eh, you know, whatever on defense, he better be hitting. And the Giants don't have that right now, but there's a possibility that Gary Sanchez could be that catcher who's at least contributing offensively. And to your point, Patrick Bailey should be that catcher who can at least lock it down defensively. He's a minor league gold glove winner and just gets rave, rave reports everywhere he goes. So it's not completely hopeless. The Giants just need to figure out which one of those, and maybe it's a combination of the two, but which area they go if it's all offense and it's all defense. The question is, can Sanchez hit enough to be that catcher or can Bailey adjust to the majors enough to be that catcher? open question, but it's not totally lost right now. Yeah. And, you know, if if they do get Mitch Hanniger back, they they feel like their lineup is a little bit longer. And, and then, 
you know, you're not basically running um, a Joey Bart, Elliot Ramos, you know, um, Bryce Johnson, bottom of the order out there where you're not feeling so good about your ability to turn the lineup over. If it's just one hitter and they're performing offensively as a group, then there's less pressure uh, as well. So, um, you know, that's and that that's a that's a big deal. You can't minimize that. If you're somebody who's struggling, uh, but the team is doing really really well, um, then you you've got a little bit of pressure off you to to just you know try to work to get out of the rut you're in and, and not feel like you have to get immediate results. And I don't know if the Giants can say they're they're at that point right now. But um, you know, it, it it wasn't the start of the year that I think that they were hoping for. Um, we know that the schedule is not going to get a heck of a lot easier. They do go to Detroit and Miami on the next road trip, but um, you know, again, playing outside of the Western time zone, and then they're going to have the Mets and, and Cardinals, I think, on the next uh, homestand after this one. And I mean, it would be hilarious, objectively, if Darren Ruff and uh, J.D. Davis go back to back in the ninth to walk off the Mets. Uh, it would also be very on brand for the Mets. But uh, we're not quite there yet, and and you know this team knows the schedule is is tough early in the year, and I think that they just needed to keep their heads above water, and um, so you know finding a way to not get swept by the Giants would probably be a good way to start. Uh, by the Dodgers would be a good way to start. Uh, and I will say this podcast, the entire tone has been of one where it follows a nine to one loss against the Dodgers and dropping a home series against the Royals, which is exactly what happened. That's the timing of it. Uh, the Giants still have an adjusted OPS of 111. They have an adjusted ERA of 101. That should play over 162 games. We are just not, we're, we're 10 games in. Um, so that has been episode 225 of the Bags and Brisby podcast. Uh, thank you so much for listening. We will be back next week. Uh, what did we say? We said Tuesday. So we'll be back next Tuesday and we'll talk about what happened that week. So thanks for listening. and We'll see you then.